This is Seven Sport. Good morning and welcome to another Buddy for Breakfast here on Seven Sport. It's the first weekend of March. You know, uh, usually be prime for an end of season push for a lot of our clubs. Not this season. This season, if you've been following what's going on or what hasn't been going on. In terms of um, football and non-league football, in particular in the county, yeah, a bit of a, a frustrating time for everybody. No, no real action to sink our teeth into. Glossy have another friendly today, which we'll be going to and looking at, but no Southern League, no Hellenic League, and no Northern Senior or um, County League either. There are talks of cup competitions in a couple of leagues, Southern League. They've said no. We'll talk about that, myself and Kelsey, as the show goes on. We'll talk about the Hellenic League looking at potentially running cup competitions. And we'll also look at the National League, who potentially could see a mini-league go on. But first things first, welcome to the show, Kelsey the Marrier. How are you? Hello. Yeah, I'm all good, mate. How was your week? It's all right, you know. Um, it's about standard... Uh Standard stuff in my life. Oh, I'm a little bit, little bit tired this morning. Um, woke up at about six o'clock ish. Um, normally, absolutely fine. But uh, obviously, Ashley's birthday. My girlfriend yesterday, so we had. A, I was going to say a bit of a, a Zoom call with her friends. They were uh, having a few drinks and that. So I thought, you know, be gracious and join in. Um, I was in bed by half eleven, and uh, they carried on until half one, two o'clock in the morning. So. Uh, Absolute joke, mate, they are. Absolute joke. As Ollie Pope is an absolute joke as well. It just gets out in the cricket that we're watching. <laughs> well, we were going to ask about it after, you know, in the build-up around Valentine's Day, you mentioned that Ashley's birthday was coming up and you said last week that, you know, a couple of presents may not have arrived or you were um, and ahhing about what you were going to get. How did her birthday go, mate? How did it go for you? Well, in the sense of... How did I enjoy her day? <laughs> or, yeah. Or just, um, no, what, what, well, I mean, I was working. Yeah, talk so. us through it. What presents did you get her? Um, I got uh, a a new bag, which uh, she wanted. A what else did I get? Her? Just like some other like bits and pieces. There's no like main like big presents to be fair. It's just like some little bits, like um, like a a light, which is the letter A. Um, for her desk, because um, she wanted something like that, got her one of those one of those pop figure thingies, um, a couple of just like general girl stuff, like makeup bits and all that, you know, just yeah. I, well, I don't know what you would expect me to say. To be fair, <laughs> like, what do you want? Like, people aren't going to be interested in me listing the presents I got for my girlfriend on the radio. <laughs> We're delighted to find out that you got your girlfriend for her birthday. Girl stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's what I got. But nobody cares, mate. Nobody cares. But, but the way everyone sort of tiptoes around, like um, things like tampons and stuff like that—that's where it could be misconstrued as girl stuff. No, I didn't get anything like that, mate. I mean, I would buy that for a birthday. Who, who would have thought that by the sixth of March we'd have talked about tampons on this radio? Show? Why are we still talking about this? Just. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> Nobody um, wants to hear this on a Saturday. If you morning. want to tweet in, not necessarily about tampons or Kelsey's girlfriend or her birthday, Jesus. but about anything in general, um, you can at Seven Sport, uh, facebook.com forward slash Seven Sport, and info at sevensport.co.uk on the email. 
Um, also, we have the Instagram page that Kelsey runs, 7 underscore sport. Good little link there. Um, now, my week, I'm glad you asked, Kelsey. You'd have noticed on the website, I am yet to do my blog post for the week. Yeah. It's Why? Because, I don't know, I, I kind of wanted something to do on Sunday and kind of was thinking about what to actually put in it. So I'm not too sure. And, and it, it got me thinking about, so someone sort of mentioned at work about like regrets of like you have in life and stuff. And I was thinking, what's my biggest regret? Yeah, I'll put that question to you as well, mate. What do you reckon? Like, what would you think? I, I don't do know, you mate. I, 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 you, you can't just ask me this at, at ten past eight on a Saturday morning. Yeah, but surely there's something that you... you not really. You, you think about it, you know you, you regret no, potentially. No, not, not really. I don't regret anything, mate. Do you know what I regret doing? And, and I, I, I thought about how I'm going to tell this story and whether you're going to appreciate it on this show. All right. So take, me, it'll take you back. It's 2008 mm-hmm. in Reading. Mm-hmm. I'm at school. I was doing GCSE music. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact I couldn't really play any instruments. <laughs> so for my coursework, I had to do singing. So you had to do a, a solo piece. And you had to do a duet. Oh, Jesus. Right? Now, the only other singer was this girl called Rachel. And she was like, she could have won the X Factor like good. That, like, she she won Fame Academy, mate. <laughs> she would have been she would have rivaled Lamar at Fame Academy trust me um, interestingly I picked her to do my duet with she didn't pick me to do her duet with she did it with her boyfriend who uh, played guitar but I don't really know how it constitutes a duet because he did like backing vocals either way I, we had to pick a song and basically um, our teacher had a um, like CD and just it's it kind of like you know when you get like a free CD with like a Daily Mail or something yeah, yeah, like that yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that but just of like backing tracks for songs and like a book that had the lyrics in them I for my solo piece you'll be delighted to know I picked Jason Donovan's Any Dream Will Do <laughs> Jesus and for the for the duet I had the chance to double Donovan I could have done Jason Donovan and Kylie Minogue especially for you but I bowled it and we did Don't Go Breaking My Heart, Owen John, Kiki D. And not a moment goes by in my life that I think I should have doubled Donovan. <laughs> I should have I should have just, you know. Did you build that whole thing especially up? Especially for, for you. For the alliteration. What? Uh, did you just build that whole thing up for the alliteration, did you? No. I just, I just It would have been incredible. Um, and then it got me thinking about, like, you know, what I would pick now. Because now I listen to older music, which... Back then, I wouldn't have known it existed. Strange bloke. If you you had to pick a a solo and a a duet song, what would you pick? If I had to pick a solo song, what, to sing for GCSE music? Yeah, all you had to do was go into a recording studio, you had your headphones on, song playing through your headphones, and all you got to do is just sing it. Um, However many takes you want. It's just you and some middle-aged bloke who's just running the sound desk. Um... I don't know, mate. Probably something like Enrique, Hero, maybe. Got to remember, it was 2008 as well. So what I was yeah, into in 2008 just wouldn't have been, yeah, it wouldn't have been good. It would have just been like metal, heavy metal and like rock music and stuff. But now I'm looking at it, I'm thinking... I, I, do, I don't know, mate. I, I just don't. The perfect song would have been Uptown Girl, Billy Joel. Mm, true. Just imagine tune, me tune. stood there in a... 
a recording studio with some middle-aged bloke and a bit where it goes, uptown girl, and I go, she's my uptown girl. Do, do, do. Mate, come on. Nah. We've nah. had people going nuts. <laughs> I'd have been selling CDs, mate, let alone uh, you know, <laughs> making a GCSE moment. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of my biggest regrets, and it got me thinking about that. I don't know why. Should have doubled Donovan. Should have. I, I, I just needed to get that off my chest. I don't know why. It was something that. Well, now you've ruined your blog post for the week, so. What I are you going to talk about now? regrets. Well, I guess so. I can talk about other funny stories like that. But was that like, a funny story? It's not I really funny. So. That's not a funny story. I can Ian would have liked it. Mm, I, I can Ian would have an opinion whether I should have doubled Donovan or. Yeah, but Ian's or, a big fan of Kylie Minogue, so. Mm. You know, he'll have an opinion on Jason Donovan, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I reckon so. You know. But anyway, coming up on the show today, we've got a couple of interviews that I've recorded uh, last night. One is with Cheltenham Saracens manager Ryan Betridge after a week where it was confirmed that the, the club would have a new development side, a new under-18 side for the next season. And he's also talking about the um, developments that are going on off the pitch at the club. Um, we also spoke to Tristan Haswell, Cinderford Town centre-half, one of our seven sports sponsored players for last season. Um, so I had a catch up with him about how the season went, how lockdown's going for him, um, and you know the future at the causeway. And then live later on, we have my little brother and Damon Hyatt. Damon Hyatt, who has been involved with the Tips of the League for a couple of years. My little brother's making his debut. Doesn't really know what he's doing, so this could be absolutely hilarious later. <laughs> I don't know what I, I don't know what to expect because he's well, yeah. on a persona. I mean, to be fair, mate, we've had people that haven't known what they're doing in the Tips of League before. Yeah, you like you. Yeah, and like uh, like you. Yeah. But so. well, we won it once. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we well, we were joint joint top. <laughs> and if you if you're new to Seven Sport, the Tips of the League is something that we run every Cheltenham Festival. Uh, we have done for the last four years or so, really. Um, basically this time around there's 12 of us local and uh, my little brother essentially and all it is is picking horses in the Cheltenham Festival and there's a scoring system that Kelsey doesn't like but it's my scoring system so tough and also we then have the table at the end to see who is the Tips of the League champion the reigning champions are Joel White and Myron Turner who uh, collectively known as Top Trotters is their team name. Uh, they won it last year, um, and I think they're they're probably the bookies' favourite. Would you say Kelsey to win it this year? Um, I don't know, mate. Uh, is there a, is there a favourite to win it? I mean, it's all it's all half its luck at the end of the day, you know, because <laughs> you might might pick some absolute donkeys, which uh, you have done previously. Well, no, not really. You know, it's not really. A donkey, if if they fall, that's I wouldn't call that picking a donkey. Still minus two points, mate. Yeah, which is yeah, whatever. But the horses fail to finish the race. You know the rules. Shambolic rules, mate. Why is that always a shambles? Have, always have been. No, it hasn't. It's been always a bit of fun, been. mate. Yeah. Keeps things interesting. Yeah. And we've got two new members joining the Tipster League this year. One, as I said, my little brother. And the other one is Jordan Cooper of Newent Town. He'll be on the show next week to talk up his chances and what he thinks that he can uh, do going forward in the Tips League. So he seems to know his stuff about horses. Oh, and actually, we have three new, new um, tipsters this year because we also have Tom Deakin and Jake Parrott, who you know we had Deakin on the phone last week. He seems to know his stuff about horses, Kelsey. Are you intimidated by him? 
Uh, Mate, I'm not intimidated by anyone in the Tipsy League. Except Damon Hyatt, who's on the phone later, and you will be intimidated. Couldn't, anyway. couldn't care less, mate. Couldn't care less about Damon Hyatt. Who's that? Absolutely nobody. <laughs> You're going to have a lot to answer for later on, mate. A lot to answer nah. for. Because, yeah, one of the things with the, the Chatham Festival this year is obviously with what's going on with uh, the Gordon Elliott situation. You know, we found out yesterday that the uh, trainer would have a year ban suspended to six months um, for the photo that went around last week. If you're, you know, unfamiliar with what happened, um, to keep it sort of brief and as nice as possible, really, a uh, picture circulated around social media last weekend. It was last Sunday, wasn't it, Kels? About that, yeah. And it was a picture of Gordon Elliott, um, yeah, sat on a, a, a dead horse and it, it's, you know, angered everybody. It's rightly angered everybody. It's, you know, divided opinion on what the, the sentence should be. Uh, it was confirmed yesterday by the Irish authorities in, in the horse racing world that, yeah, a year ban, suspended for six months. What did you make of that? Um, so I know that you're, you know, you, you think that that potentially could, could ruin his uh, career. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, yesterday sort of I kind of said as a knee-jerk reaction, like, oh, he's toast. That's it. He's done now. Um well, I, don't, I don't know. Having a little think about it, I don't really think he he is because um, he's still going to get people who will look at that and think, "Oh well." Well, at the time, that, that, I think that's the worst yeah. thing about it. You, people will look at that—a photo of a horse trainer who is supposed to have the very best uh, interest of of well-being for the animals he looks after in his yard to heart—and then there's a photo of him sat on a dead horse, and then. A video emerged a few days later of one of the amateur jockeys that, that rides for his stable uh, jumping on a dead horse. And then you start to look at that and think, well, that's two instances. How many more are there? Because it's quite clearly something going on within the yard. It's, you know, one is maybe, you know, an isolated instance, an incident, sorry. But two, from the same yard, same trainer, that's no coincidence so part of me is just wondering when are we going to see another photo or another video come out from Gordon Elliott's yard of of either him or a jockey from his stable um or you know a handler or or what um performing a, a similar sort of action and you think you know there's a lot of of very very good people in horse racing um and there's Obviously, a few, I don't want to call them sort of like wrong uns because that's probably the wrong, wrong term bad to apples. use. Bad, bad apples, apples yeah. There's always a few, a few bad apples that um, spoil it for everyone, you know. Um, and I think they're, they're going to end up tarnishing the, the reputation of, of horse racing, which obviously is such a divisive sport anyway. Um, you know, there's so many people who are opposed to horse racing, um, for animal animal welfare groups and everything like that, um, and then this just gives you know more fuel to the fire. It just gives them more ammunition. But what what you have to remember is that you know these the horses that are bred you know specifically for that they get the best food, the best sort of lifestyle, and then the best treatment whilst they're alive. And then quite clearly there is you know an issue there between you know for concerning welfare of the of the animal once it's once it's passed on um which you know is is not 
not what you want to see for a for a sport that that you know Ryan and I have a lot of um connections with with what we do and we just like it as well you know I've we've watched horse racing for mm. god knows how many years I mean I've you know watched it growing up as a kid from sort of an early age picking horses in the in the grand national like with with my mum um you know we we've, we've sort of grown to fall in love with the sport um and then you know you've got these these incidents which just allow more of the the naysayers to to sort of yeah like I say add add fuel to their to their fire and i think now having looked at it i probably would have liked to have seen the the full year ban just as a straight ban and not give the six months suspended because i think you know six months ban really because what that's what it would be you you know you're banned for six months i think that's that's just not good enough to be fair well we got to remember is that you you know with the fact that he's licensed in ireland there still could be a further ban coming from the bha yeah you know he's currently under a well it, before friday's announcement of the decision you know the bha had turned around and said that you know he was banned from any of his horses running whilst being trained by him in, in Britain, obviously with Cheltenham yeah. around the corner. We've seen, since seen a swift um, action taken by certain ownerships. The Chiefly Park Stud, for example, have started to, to move their horses around. Um, a couple of the independent owners have moved theirs to Noel Mead, who is a, an Irish trainer as well. Um, so, you know, really the only people that are yet to make their move until this decision was, was Gigginstown, who's... Mm. You know, ultimately Michael O'Leary of, mm-hmm. of Ryanair. So there's a few there now that you're looking at the horses and you think they're really good horses. Are they going to miss Cheltenham here? Yeah. Which potentially could be one of their biggest paydays. Yeah. So, you know, that yard, well, that um, ownership's now got to make a decision in regards to what they want to do. I think, time's re- running out. I think realistically, you're not going to miss the, the biggest like jumps racing festival on, on the no. planet. You know, just for the sake of oh we're gonna support this guy you know i don't you're not you're not gonna miss that you need to be logical and be sensible and just move them to a you know to a different trainer you know just well i've seen talk that they're potentially under the the terms of the suspension the yard hasn't been banned it's just gordon elliott so there is talk that if they appoint someone else as head trainer of the yard, mm. that the yard can yeah. then still run. Yeah. But you have to think if they did that, there's still people who are going to turn around and say, well, of course he's still going to be involved because it's his yard. So it's that, that, that's something obviously we've got to wait and see what happens. But, 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 is, but then you need to look at the terms of the ban. Is it, yeah. a, is it a blanket ban from the yard itself? Because obviously we don't really know the full details yet. We just know that he's had a ban the first six months suspended with another six, so we, I don't know whether they whether they've released yeah, the full I've seen, details. I've, about I have seen it because it's also said in it that um, Gordon Elliott's turned around and he has agreed to the terms that he will not attend any race course or any point to point fixtures for the duration of the ban. Right. Um, so that's sort of the, what I've seen online in terms of where they potentially could go from here. So you know, with Cheltenham around the corner, as we said, massive. To, to sort of see whether horses are going to be moved here, there and everywhere to get them running. Um, obviously, myself, Kelsey and, and, you know, Damon, who we talked about before, um, 
anti-post bets. Tom Deakins, you know, he's he's been pretty live in the anti-post market as well, as he told us last week. So, yeah, a lot of bets hinge on on sort of what's what's going to happen there. So we wait into to see what happens and um, be interesting to to see basically which horses make it to Cheltenham uh, in a fortnight's time. Mm. Well, and also you've got to think that. Um the ban includes like the Grand National as well. Um, you know, we're looking ahead directly to Cheltenham, but then you think Grand National in April, um that'll that'll be, be be affecting him as well. Obviously we know that that Tiger Roll won't be won't be running um due to the due to the weights. Um but then you know there's a lot of other decent horses. Gordon Elliott normally sends seven or eight, maybe nine of them. Um, which is realistically like a quarter of the field to um, to the nationals. So, well, my yeah. tip was the my pick was the storyteller, uh, my anti post pick, and he's obviously uh, a horse now that's going to have to get moved around if he's going to run in the Grand National. So, yeah, be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm just reading some further terms of the of the uh, suspension, and obviously with the um, uh, the the hearing that uh, got paid costs of. 15,000 euros. Yep. Um, I don't really know what that's for. Um, I mean, it's just a general just fine. Just a general fine. For a misdemeanor and misconduct. I mean, it's going to sound like... Really, what the Irish authorities should do, though, should, should turn around and say that they're donating that money to uh, animal well, welfare, animal welfare charity, charity yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how to put this, really, but... I don't think Gordon Elliott is sorry for what he did. He's sorry he got caught, and that is ultimately what everyone is when they've done something like this. You, you, even not just not just with Gordon Elliott, but like let's just say, for example, the John Terry scandal in the within the England team and the John Terry and Wainbridge scandal from like 2006. I don't think John Terry was sorry for what he did. I think he was sorry he got caught. I don't think he was sorry for what he did. Same here with with Gordon Elliott. I don't think he I don't think he's truly remorseful for having that photo taken and sitting on that horse. I just think he's he's just sorry that he got caught. And that's that's a bottom line. Well, well, well he sort of something that Damon said to us in in the group chat that, that sort of stuck with me is you have to remember that these people, so the people involved in the yard, the, the amateur jockey as well, they've been around horses every single day of their life for a number of years. So to to them. Being around a dead horse isn't something that's. A sh- There's no shock factor to that. Yeah. Obviously, you know, not to say that you should sit on a horse or no, like that God. dead. But <laughs> no. at the same time, if that was say a normal person on the street, it's oh my bloody god, there's a dead horse here. Mm-hmm. Not something so blasé that you know they're just yeah. De- like do you know what I mean? It's, it's, that's that sort of it's almost like well. like you just don't think about it like no. because you're so conditioned to it because you've you've seen it so many times yeah exactly you know you just you just don't don't think like i mean I don't, i'm trying to think of an example to to compare it to and off the top of my head i can't really like think of one but it would be like oh god i don't even know say for example if me and me and you like if we were if i don't know if we did something that is like a private joke, but to obviously not saying that Gordon yeah. Elliott sitting on a sitting on a on a dead horse is a private joke. Um, <laughs> not saying that at all, but like if Ryan and I did said like a private joke, like out in public or something, and someone turned around and was like, "Well, oh, you can't do that. You can't say that." 
I was like, well, yeah, well, we don't probably just didn't really think about it because it's like, like when you call me fat, mate. When you I've you never call called me, you. I've never ever once called you fat. Just mock my. My appearance. I'll have you know, mate, I have never once called you fat. It's like when I take the, take the mick out of your name, saying it's a girl's name. Exactly. All you do is you just take take the mick out of me. I've never once taken taken the mick out of you, mate. Never once. Apart from, mm. like, mm. apart from a lot of, like, your uh, sort of opinions on football and, mm. and cricket and horse racing. But, you know, you personally... I've never taken the mick out of you personally. No, probably not, to be fair. No. I'm, I'm too nice for that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> right, so uh, coming up here on Base for Breakfast, we're going to go for a song. My mum's te- my mum's texted me by the way. Oh, yeah. Um following that that chat we had right right at the start of the show, simply says, Has Ryan taken something? What? Yeah, because it's a harsh you were, dose of reality. You were, you were chatting absolute breeze, mate. That's what you. Were it's a harsh dose of reality, <laughs> mate. That's what it is. When you when you know when you're locked down like like we are, you know your your eyes are open to what's gone on in your life. You reflect. And my reflect is, I should have done especially for you. <laughs> and I know I should have. I would have got higher grade if I did especially for you. <laughs> but anyway, coming up on, on Seven Sport, um, we're going to go for a song. When we come back from the song, we'll have the interview that uh, I did last night with Cinderford Town defender Tristan Haswell. Um, if you want to text us, as we said, Twitter at Seven Sport, Facebook.com forward slash Seven Sport, and info at Seven Sport.co.uk on the Emails will be back after this. This is Seven Sport. Welcome back to Buddies for Breakfast here on Seven Sport. I'm delighted to say we are joined by Cinderford Town defender Tristan Haswell on the phone. Tristan, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. First and foremost, how are you doing? How are you coping under the lockdown with no football? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, yeah, it's not it's not the uh, not the best without playing football with all lockdown. Um, but I've been keeping busy, um, trying to keep myself fit. But yeah, it's, it's not the best, is it? To be honest, uh, do you miss it? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just the whole thing of training, even not not playing, but you know, being around the lads, banter around the you know around the changing room, you know, their teammates, but also mates that you see on a regular basis. So not having that support as well is a big thing. Because we had Lewis Spurrier on a few weeks ago, um, he sort of said that you know there's obviously the group charts and things like that. You know who's the sort of soul of the Centreford group chat at the moment? Um, to be honest, it's quite a good question actually. Um, I mean, recently it's been a bit quiet. Just naturally, things have been going on. But to be fair, there's uh, Jones who's been putting a fair bit in there recently. Him and uh, in him and Brems. So. Been a few few things in there, yeah. Who's got the best banner? Who's got the best banner out of the Cinderford squad? Because you've got quite a, a young squad, so I imagine there's a, a few decent decent ones floating about. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, some some of the old some of the old lot like to be fair, Tash is always had quite good banter. Um, I think he gets that from his old man. To be fair, <laughs> um, Fox is like, one of the funniest blokes I've met in football. To be fair, um, Morph gives it a go. I'll give him that. He tries checking in a few, uh, a few shady comments now and again. No way! Lads. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine Will Morford doing that. That is a, <laughs> that is a shock. Yeah, he throws a bit in. Um, but as a whole, like, Sammy's pretty active in there. To be fair, it's quite, it's quite even. Like I said we're all around similar ages, so we all get on pretty well. 
do you think that sort of benefited you guys on the pitch? Obviously, you know, it's a a new squad that that you know Steve has, has put together when he joined the Causeway. Obviously, brought you with him from from Cleve. You know, it's a squad that he put together at the start of the season, and and it was all new to you. Has that benefited you guys because you are of similar sort of age and everything like that? Yeah, I, I think as I mean. Sometimes from the outside, you know, you were looking at it, you're thinking all these players that have left in the fitted, you know, is it a place to go to? But in all fairness, I think it was good. It was a fresh start. Obviously, players had moved on before, like likes of myself and folks had joined. Um, we knew that, but I said it was a fresh start. But it's a, we've got a good group of like young lads that are all similar ages. Um, a lot of us have played together as well to be honest mm-hmm. over the years um, it's actually one of the best sort of dressing rooms I've been in in terms of like togetherness there doesn't seem to be many people in the change room that are you know got a bit of an ego or whatever it's very like a level level playing field across that that sense and you know I think it's a shame the season finished when it was because I think we were really starting to get going then yeah, because I was going to say, sort of, you know, we've had chats before in sort of previous interviews and posts that we've done um, about yourself. Um, you know, Southern League was something that you were targeting. Um, you know, when you had the the season you did at Bishop's Cleave, where you know you you ended up playing a lot of games, particularly at centre half under different sort of partnerships, wore the captain's armband on a number of occasions as well. Um, you know, it was no surprise to to myself and, and Kelsey that. You know, you did end up moving to Cinderford with um, Sui. Um, you know, you mentioned you were just starting to, to click and, and find your rhythm. That that first few games, it was kind of hot and cold, wasn't it? There was a few good performances and, and good wins, and then there was disappointments as well. In particular, if I remember rightly, the, the Siren Sister away trip, for example, was, you know, yeah. a, a bit of a sloppy one. You know, did you necessarily find it a bit tough as a team to gel, or, or you know, what what would have caused that? Um, no, I mean to be fair, the first few games, I think, I think we won our opening three games, including the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, and we look, we look good. I think what killed us, to be honest, was injuries. You know, mm-hmm. key key players at the same time. I think it would be different if we had one or two of the injuries we did, at, you know, spread out. But at, at one point, you had key players that had had you know seven league experience all out at the same time um it was a bit of a shame in that in that sense because you got injured and, and ash davis got injured and at one point it was um you know question marks we were we were on our way to cinderford and we had no idea who was going to play center half that night yeah i mean uh, i think at one at one point in time there was myself um ash uh sammy was out injured mm-hmm. and kieran older was out injured as well um said we were quite light for numbers at the back anyway I knew that was like at the start that you know there was I could always fill in at centre half but it was a shame that you know Tash was injured at the same time as what I was and vice versa because I I guess the sort of I was sort of the cover on that sense but you know it was one of those where it, it was just frustrating because especially at that, when you talk about that um, siren game because I don't think we gave a true reflection to what we really were. I thought we were very poor that day. I'd agree I with that. I think. Um, previous games before that, we we were much better. I mean, the whole. I mean, even though Lewis probably don't want me saying it, but I mean that that own goal. You know, that just sort of summed up the game. It was just 
it was it was a bit of a nightmare in respect. And, and you know, we mentioned and, and sort of alluded to it as well that you know you had that season at Bishop's Cleave under under Steve, um, and then you made that um, move with him. You know, how big of a role has he played in, in, in you know, your development over the last couple of years and return to inju- uh, return from injury, sorry? Yeah, I mean, uh, I get on with sets. I think the one thing I've learned over playing football and, you know, men's football is the fact that you've got to have a manager that, that backs you, that supports you. Um, you know, it makes it very difficult. To, to, I, you know, I've, I've played under seven managers that made it very difficult to enjoy my football. And the one thing that when I've played under certs is that I've always enjoyed my football, which is like, which is half the battle, really. And I think when you're enjoying it, I think that's when you play your best, your best sort of football. But I said, talking about this season, I had, you know, I come back from my ACL injury. My my main aim was to play as much football as possible and to stay injury free. And that year, you know, on a personal level was what I wanted. Um, I thought, you know, uh, I could have done better in certain certain respect, but I knew I had a lot more to give. Um, but I knew it just took time. You know, I've been out for over, I think it was close to sort of sixteen months with with from when I'd done my injury to when I started coming back to play my first game. So I knew it wasn't going to be uh, you know an easy route back, but it was one that I was happy with on a personal level because I said played with plenty of games, um, and I said playing centre half probably helped me. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think sometimes the strain on on is on your body is is less at centre half in in terms of maybe getting the yard of pace back and stuff like that from from injury. I mean, I played there before in the past, so it didn't bother me. Um, but naturally, I do think I you know I, I prefer it at left back. And obviously, when you joined Cinderford, it was just after Sam Turl had left. Now he was the player that we picked to sponsor at Cinderford. So as soon as he left, you know, straight away I was on the blower to to Stuart Tate and I said, "We'll take Tristan Haswell, please. That'll be our man." You know, over the years we've seen uh, on on social media in particular, you know, support from the family when we've mentioned yourself and and Joey. Um, you know, how does it feel to have been you know one of the seven sport players that we you know yeah. we were back in for the season? Yeah, I was delighted to be fair. Um, you know. I, I thank yourselves for that and, you know, repay, repay it a bit considering the season's ended, you know, coming on here. So, well, I mean, we're eyeing so. you up. We're eyeing you up for next year already. <laughs> Kelsey doesn't know it, but I'm telling him, you know, we're eyeing you up. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Now, I couldn't, couldn't get you on without talking to you about two uh, two men. First one we, we yeah. mentioned there was uh, uh, young Joey, your, your, your brother. Yeah. You know, he's coming through at Long Levens. Um, we saw him at Glossy under 18s as well. He's absolutely barmy as well. Uh, just throwing out there, he is. You know, what, what was he like as a, you know, as a brother growing up? Because he just seems to be. Yeah, I don't really know how to describe him. He's he's an enigma. That's what he is. <laughs> he, he certainly is. I mean, he's unique to say that. To be polite, um, I mean, I'm fair play to him. He, he's a, he's his own person. The one thing he isn't, he isn't a sheep. <laughs> no. He does sort of what he wants, sort of when he wants, which is I think is good. You know, he's he's, quite, he's a confident lad for for his age. Um, I said he's he's at Long Levens. I think it's a good environment for him to to learn. And uh, you know, I think he's you know next season will probably be a, a big year for him in a, in a sense, like pushing on. I think he's you know 
What do you think? What do you think he could achieve in his career? I, I mean, I think the thing is with Joe, what people don't realise is that he'd done his ACL when he was 13, 14. Be honest, did not know that. Did not know that at all. Yeah. Uh, he was, uh, you know, real, as a young kid, he was um, he was captain of Gloucester Primary Schools and in his uh, third game, he, he'd done his ACL. So he had a big setback at quite a young age, um, which was very rare. Um, but since then, he's, you know, he, he's, he's got better and pushed on. And um, I think, you know, I think there's no reason why you can progress maybe league above, you know, further down the line, um, even a, even a bit higher. I mean, he's he's got the one thing he's got is really good feet. If you play him out wide, mm-hmm. he's direct. So, I mean, he's it's his first official year of men's football, even though he played last year uh, for Long Levens as well. So, um, like like I said to him when I joined Tuffley, you know, um, when I left Gloucester, I went to Tuffley and I played regular football, and it's the best thing I've done. And the other man I wanted to speak to you about, I imagine you probably know who it's going to be. Um, you know, Macaulay Herbert, one of your your great mates now male model as well now it's no secret that I'm a fan of his you know yeah. used to work together <laughs> with him you know what you know what do you think of him as a, a player and you know we rate him pretty highly here at Seven Sport and you know what's he been like as a, a friend and a player yeah I mean Macca um, I said between three of us we're all pretty close it's myself Macca and, uh, and Court or CH um, said uh, Macca's got you one of the closest mates of mine, like inside and uh, outside of football, like we said, joining at, at Tuffley is sort of where our friendship started. But I felt like I've known him for a lot longer. Um, now, to be fair, Mac is a great player. You know, he's a real example for for players coming through at Tuffley, considering he you know started in the youth team and then progressed and now captain. I said he's got he's got a lot of attributes, Macca. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's a you know when someone asked me what he's like, he's an out and out defender. You know, uh, he doesn't mind you saying he's not a ball playing centre half, but he will probably save you a couple of a uh, couple of points. You know, a game um, with last ditch challenges or you know putting his body where it hurts, and you know he's that's what you want ultimately as your centre half in my eyes. Uh, what do you make of his modelling? Yeah, it's a bit suspect to be honest. Um, I mean, there's no doubt. I he knows his He's a good-looking lad. He does all right. Um, and then he's slowly but surely going in on the modelling. I think he's had a bit of a uh, bit of a hand from Manny as well, by the sounds. But is there, an, you know, is there a, a, a tint of jealousy potentially, or you know, because he is a, you know, we've said it before, a very good-looking bloke. No, no, I'm not. No, no jealousy of Macca. I said. Uh, so we're not uh, seeing Tristan Haswell on a runway anytime soon. No, no chance. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's my forte, to be honest. Um, well, I mean, looking at his Instagram, I think Joey's probably eyeing up for it as well. I mean, I, I yeah. went on his Instagram the other day, and it's just his his body and his tattoos everywhere. I thought, well, fair play to the kid. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably drop it in here, but as a kid, like growing up, uh, he always wanted to be on uh, X on the Beach and Love Island. So uh, the way you're going, I zero percent shock to hear that. Gotta be I honest. I think he would fit in. I think he's. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I'd certainly watch it if he was on it. To be honest, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he, there's no doubt about it. Joey loves himself, but you know, he um, yeah, he does all right as well. I, I will put that <laughs> in there. Um, but I said, 
<laughs> between two of us, I, I would I would be surprised if you if you did see Joey doing some sort of uh, modelling in the future. Maybe. <laughs> what are your plans today, mate? Um, not a lot to be honest. Um, I've actually got a, a, a viewing on a on a possible flat um, here over in Cheltenham um, this Perfect. afternoon. So um, that's what my uh, afternoon will be. We've been just viewing something, doing a property over in Cheltenham. Well, perfect, mate. Thanks very much for for joining us and good luck with the the flat viewing. Yeah, cheers. cheers For the best sports coverage in the West, visit sevensport.co.uk. And we're back after a lovely interview there with uh, Tristan Haswell. A bit later than planned. For some reason, it didn't upload correctly on the uh, iPad. We can't say it was zero minutes long, so he just had to go to a Lighthouse Family interlude of Ocean Drive, and we were there with Tristan Haswell. But you know, exciting for for the Haswell family. You know, Tristan saying there that you know it should be a big season next season for him and and Joe, um, who's obviously playing at, at Long Levens there, Kels. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I I, I didn't listen to the interview, um, but I'm sure it was insightful. You know, it's always good to speak to to Tristan and. Uh, you know, chat about Cinderford and Stephen Cleal. Obviously, the Cleals get mentioned pretty much every week. Obviously, uh, Stephen and Patrick. You know, they all, all, always get one. Um, yeah, and talking about Joey, you know, he's a good player. Got a good future out of him. You know, he's uh, been around the local scene for what a few years now, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You think well, we about saw it? him that day at Gossie and yeah, exactly. Said yeah, to, yeah. To Tristan there about you know when he scored a hat trick against Slimbridge. Mm. In that FA Youth Cup yeah. game, and well, I mean, even even Tristan's been around for for ages, you know, for uh, Gloucester and then Tuffley, uh, obviously Bishop's Cleve, and and now Cinderford. So he's really developed as a as a good as a good young player. Still, still think what he's twenty three, twenty four, a couple of years younger than me, I think. Um, yeah, you know, he's obviously he's got got a lot of lot about him. Uh, he's just been really unlucky with injuries. I'm but... delighted that he wasn't having any of Macaulay the model either. <laughs> delighted with that. Not many people are, mate, to be fair. But from well, the pre- uh, previous people we've I'm spoken to on the show. He's living up to his potential. But, you know. You scouted him first, didn't you? As a model. Yeah, I mean, I hyped yeah. him up, mate. The hype man. Yeah, sure. I am the best, best hype man in the business. You need anything to hype up, let me know. <laughs> and we'll do it. Um, we've got Ryan Betridge coming up uh, with the chat that we had with him in a little while. I've had the text message, though. Right. My little brother is awake. That's good to know. He's ready to go. He good set his alarm purposely to make sure he's awake for us. And he, him and Damon Hyatt will be on um, in, in a little while. Kelsey, are you ready for so this your, chat? Your little brother's never up before nine o'clock on a Saturday? No. Oh, what? What no. a life. What a life is that has been, mate. Honestly. Lives at home still. Living the life of Riley, yeah, your brother is, mate. Yeah. Unbelievable. That should be his nickname on the Tipster League, Life of Riley. Uh, it's Money Man Ash. And he'll tell you why it's Money Man Ash as well when he comes on. Money Man, something I'm not going to say on the radio, mate. <laughs> More like. Yeah. Hey, you need to, to tone down the language, mate. I've already told him that if he swears, I'm going to be in for him. So just like that, mate, you, if you swear, I'll be fuming with you. I'm not going to swear on the radio. I don't play for Long Levens. That's a good reason why you don't play for them. <laughs> we saw you playing that charity game, mate. You were, you were first, first, game, f- first game, first game of eleven aside, I played in ten years. I think that was something yeah. like that. <laughs> more up for the um, more up for the five side, six side, and and that for me. You're more for the futsal shorter games. You're a little more technique yeah. and skillful flair player. That's it, mate. I normally uh, 
sit sort of, you know, at the back so I can see the whole field. Not the fact that I just can't be bothered to run up front. And I've always <laughs> been a centre-half, always. Yeah. No, that's okay. what I, I normally do, mate. Believe it or not, at one, at one point I played right back. That would be in my favourite position. I remember playing a friendly for the school team. I played a right back. Mm. Man of my size, playing a right back. <laughs> Couldn't, you know, switch me back to centre-half. You know, that was all I had to do. Just maintain a line, get yourself in the way. And block everything. Mm-hmm. I was like John Terry, mate. Throw myself at everything. <laughs> Body on the line. <laughs> Throw him. Like, I, I, at one point, actually, at school, where I was the only player that would head the ball. No, everyone else was just like fearful to head it for some reason. They want to mess it up their I'll school. Ban that soon, mate. That'll be banned but, soon. No, this was a lunch lunchtime football. Let alone anything else. People yeah, just wouldn't head at the ball. Ball come cross comes in. I'm flying in without header, mate. Like Edison Cavani just chucking myself at it. Eric, the, the clip of Eric Boyd. I don't around. know if this was the same at, uh, at your school, but in um, in in my primary school, not so much secondary school, but in my in my primary school, they um, you had to get your your football signed off by one of the teachers as you're allowed to actually play with it. No, because if it was like if it was like a prop, softball, yeah, if it was like a lever one, no. You can have those like floater ones, yeah, the, the like the shoot ones, you know, the the red and black ones or whatever. Um, but anything sort of like remotely resembling an actual football, no chance. Absolutely yeah, no chance. Yeah, at our primary school, we could only have the sponge balls. Okay. We were, I mean, we were a bit of a step up from the sponge, you know? <laughs> yeah. But our, our playground wasn't that big, really. So that's probably why. Yeah, we had quite a big um, playground. But secondary school, yeah. Could, anything goes, man. Yeah, anything. Anything goes. I remember once we had the Champions League final ball. Like that was the <laughs> when it was good days. And when someone would bring in the World Cup ball or something like that. We had the 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 I because I bought it in actually. It was the Nike Total Nike uh, ball nice. with the, with the nice. red rings. Nice. The red rings. Yeah. We felt intercontinental. Yeah, very nice. If it was the blue rings, we were Premier League, but red intercontinental yeah. team, mate. Nice ball that was. Yeah, um, but yeah, some decent decent. You had the, the the yellow one on that. That ball was nice as well. Yeah, the yellow and blue. I'm trying to think what what, what would have been the most common ball. I think it was just the standard Premier League ball at the time. Mm. Probably like a you know, one of those mitres, you know. Oh, they were the dream. Mm. They were the PE balls, mate. But enough about Bishop's PE. Cleave, anyway. We're talking about footballs. <laughs> <laughs> when it, when it was PE, mate, the mitre balls came out, and then you knew live yeah. and kicking going in the background. <laughs> I was ready, mate. I was I was prime 1994. Uh-huh. Andre Kincelskis ready. You'd always you'd always have. I remember actually there was there was one um, one moment in I think it was like junior school or secondary school where I'd just got a new pair of like total 90 boots like the gold ones and I was like oh, gold boots you yeah. think well sure no I know I was like oh, I really want I really want playing these like all the time even at, at school on the, uh, in the in the on the field so what I did is I took the studs off and took them to school and played in them on the, f- on the field at school and everyone thought I was right something that I can't say on the radio I my obviously I got wide feet and I've always had, you know, I wear size 15s now. You know, my, my first pair of boots were like Lottos. Nice. Like, but old school. Yeah. Like, I don't even think they were proper football boots. I think they were just mm-hmm. generic sport boot. Like, probably more of a rugby boot. I think. And then I, I had a pair of Nike Tempos. Or Naughty. As a centre-half. Naughty, Nike mate. Tempos. Yeah, you would get absolutely smashed, mate. What are you playing at? You would get smashed, mate. Even the even the striker, he's probably wearing the mercurial vapors. Bear in mind, I did, as I said, you play you play centre half and play defender. I even had the white David Beckham Adidas ones with the red cross. I on mean, it. they were as a defender. Yeah, but they were class, mate. You know, who do I think I am? Sam Hill. <laughs> 
If you had those, you had a, you had a whip on you, a hundred percent. You could ping my, a ball. My mate Dale, he, I used to just nickname him Nanny because he used to just come in. Or Luis. Yeah, Nanny used to play for United. Obviously, yeah. Dale's a United fan. And he always used to have the brightest boots ever. <laughs> I remember we went and played football and he came with these brand new orange like boots. And I was like, mate, that just makes me want to kick you. <laughs> but you couldn't get anywhere near him. Uh, so, you know, it was, uh, it, was, it was decent. But that is, you know, we're talking about talk reminiscing the past boot, here. Talk to big uh, boot game and uh, obviously backed it up. So. We do like, well, we, we do like boot watching. Mm. We haven't really had a chance to do it too often. Yeah, that's true. But... Yeah, you know, nowadays players are resulting back to the, the jet black boots, which is good. I think the ones I've got, which are uh, still in my parents' house, actually, uh, just like the just jet black Sondicos, I think. Sondico? Yeah. Sondico. So, well, same thing. <laughs> same thing, mate. Jesus. Right, so we're going to go for a song, and then we'll have Ryan Betcher's interview, and then when we're back, some tips that he chat with Damon Hyatt and Money Man Ash, my little brother. Can't wait. Money Cannot Man, wait waste to man, see what man. happens. But this is Seven Sport. This is Seven Sport. And you're back on Seven Sport for Betty's for Breakfast this Saturday morning. And I'm delighted to say that we're joined on the phone by uh, Ryan Betridge of Cheltenham Saracens. Uh, good morning to you, Ryan. How are you? Very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, all good. First and foremost, how's it uh, going for you in lockdown? Obviously, the, the third lockdown now has been a bit trickier for everybody. How are you coping? Yes, strange times for everyone, isn't it? Um, I mean, uh, unfortunately for myself, it, um, I lost or got me redundant from a job um, back in October. But on the flip side of that, I've had um, um, my own sort of business, which has slowly been growing over the last couple of years. So I've been able to throw myself into that. Um, and as a result, I've had a bit of time on my hands to to grow that. So yeah, it's um, it's been strange, but it's been uh, it's been sort of it's been good in a way. So. So you almost benefited just by being able to to keep a little bit busy without obviously yeah, football to yeah. take your time up. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's um, like I say, with nothing else to focus on, I've been able to sort of focus on that, and uh, it's even not the football is a sort of distraction. So it has been sort of pretty full on, sort of trying to grow that uh, that the, the business, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been going okay. So. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm lucky, I suppose, that I've had that to fall back on. Um, sort of, my wife and the daughter both work in healthcare, so they've been sort of up to their elbows in all this sort of the last past year. So, um, yeah, I, I suppose I'm the fortunate one in a in a silly sort of way. And how much are you missing the football at the minute? Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, it's. Um, I think everyone is. Um, at the same time, it's understandable that I think it's you know things that happen for the right reason. I don't think it's you know don't think it's right that you know we should be um, thinking or or playing football when when times are like they are. But um, absolutely chomping at the bit to get back in into it. Um, you know we, we've sort of cranked up our sort of um, meetings, our WhatsApp messages, and our sort of things that we've you know been discussing about when we do restart and. You know, I think the focus has really sort of shifted on now sort of to next season. I mean, whatever we can get now is a bonus, I think, um, sort of April and May. But our sort of focus has really sort of shifted on to sort of next season and beyond now. So, yeah, just like I said, just chomping at the bit to, to get going again. It's just, uh, it's the lights at the end of the tunnel, isn't it? I think it's not too far away. Um, so, yeah, um, can't wait to get going, really. Because obviously one of the... Uh the sort of announcements that, that's come out in the last sort of 10 days or so is that 
Um, you know, if the restrictions can be lifted in April or May time, um, the Hellenic League are looking to, you know, run a couple of competitions. Obviously, it would replace the the rest of the season. You know, obviously, you sort of alluded to it there that you know your focus is mainly going to be on um, next season. You know, do you see these cup competitions as you know being a chance to you know basically use it as a chance to prepare for next season? Yeah. I mean- Possibly. Um, I think it's going to depend. I think it's going to be different for every single club. I think each club's going to have a different set of circumstances. I think if you talk to every single player, I think every player, like I said, I think they will absolutely be chomping at the bit to get playing and what have you. I think with things like um, this, you know, we haven't really seen the detail of what they're proposing yet. I know um, sort of you alluded to it in the week that the LNV clubs have been sort of sent a, a, some, something by the league. Um, but until we know the detail, sort of straight away from, you know, you, you take away the sort of playing and managing side of it, you think of the club side of it. If, mm-hmm. if you're not allowed, I, th- I think you're allowed fans in potentially, but there's still the issue around refreshments and, and things like that. And that's where you make your money on a match day. And if we're going to be playing for sort of three officials or, or you know, things like that, that's got to all be taken into account, really. No, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, in, ter- in terms of the potential, I mean, like I said, you, you potentially could be using it to look at things for next season. But again, it depends on, um, you know, the, there's always the player merry-go-round come the summer, isn't there? So, I mean, not that we, we are hoping to sort of lose any of our um, you know, we hope that they aren't going to move on, but at the same time, you, you know, there's that to sort of consider as well. So, and then obviously, away from the the you know announcement from the Hellenic League and and what was sent out in regards to to what they're looking to do. Obviously, in the last week, it's been confirmed on on social media in particular that the club are extending um, the the size that they have. You know, a development side in the Hellenic Div Two, uh, plans for an under eighteen side as well um you know how long in in the pipeline has has this been is it is it obviously you mentioned earlier that you know you've increased your your frequency of meetings and communications between um yourselves as a club you know has this been an idea that has been floating around for a while yeah definitely i mean it's something to be honest with you if you go back sort of 10 10 years or so ago we had a reserve stroke mm-hmm. development side we had an under 18 side we had a thriving youth section and um, the club club went through the doldrums a little bit probably five five four or five years ago um and the side slowly fell away and and things sort of behind the scenes sort of meant that i mean really we i think we only ended up with two senior sides if uh maybe maybe three at the most sort of thing um so but it's something, um, obviously I've been back involved now sort of four, four and a half years and it's something that over the last couple of years I, I personally have been pushing for because every year you, you, you're looking to refresh your squad, you're looking to add players, but you can only go to, you know, there's only so many times you can go to the well sort of thing and without producing your own players it's it makes that sort of a lot more difficult. Um, so for me, if we want to grow as a club, which we do, and we want to sort of get back to where we were and, and, and actually be big, bigger and better than what we were, um, it's absolutely essential that you can sort of, you know, produce your own players, if you like, and, 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 and provide sort of young local players with a, with a pathway, with a, with an opportunity to play sort of decent senior football. Um, so it's something that we've been sort of, I've been banging the drum for a couple of years, quite rightly so. Graham, um, Graham Roberts, the chairman, has been a little bit sort of, 
not, I wouldn't say reluctant, but he wants to. He wanted to sort of make sure we're on a good f- sort of footing in terms of financially. We, you know, the club's very stable now. Um, we've got a lot of other things happening in the pipeline off the pitch, so it, it's just now is the right time to sort of make that step. And um, yeah, so it's 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 a good thing. It's a good thing. It's something that we need, and it's sort of now the sort of next step of sort of growing the football side of it, and um, which will go hand in hand with growing off the pitch which I say there's quite a few things going on behind the scenes uh, which are very positive things for the club moving yeah. forward and obviously you mentioned you know the the two teams the, the design there is to get players used to playing competitive football at a decent level mm-hmm. you know in particular the Hellenic Div 2 and obviously with the um, inclusion of the, the Cheltenham Youth Floodley League mm-hmm. you know you're you're seeing sides playing against local rivals so there is always that added intensity there because you are seeing you know, for example, in, in Hellenic Div 2, the, the Tuffley Rovers development yeah. side against the Slimbridge development side. So there's that added spice of the, the local rivalry. So is that something that, you know, you think could benefit? The yeah, I mean, of course it is. I mean, you're playing against good clubs. You're playing, and what the difference now with the Division 2 and the Hellenic and, and this Channel um, Flood League is you're playing at decent facilities generally. Um, so gone are the days when you were playing sort of under 18s K league football on a pretty much on a park pitch um, or, uh, you know, the, uh, the old Hellenic, you know, reserve section again, you, you could be playing on a, a roped off pitch. You're playing generally at decent facilities. So not only is, uh, not only you're playing a decent quality of club, you know, like you say, the tough is and the, the locally new and people like that have got the development sides in there, but you know, you're playing at decent And as a young kid going to play, there's nothing better than playing on a decent pitch or playing under lights in the week or whatever. It's, it's what it's all about. So, um, you know, it, it it's, it, you know, Fair dues to the, the people who've sort of you know put those sort of leagues and, and competitions in place because you know they're they're, they're definitely um, definitely better than what it used to be put it that way mm, definitely and and you mentioned sort of um, earlier on about sort of off the field developments at the club as well mm. um, I remember you know the the development that you know the club managed to get a street sign out on the main road yeah, showing everybody yeah. where where sort of Saracens are located you know. The club have been very good in the last couple of years since we've started covering, um, you know, Hellenic football at, you know, not standing still, always looking to move and, and progress. Yeah. You know, how important has that been for the club and, well, and what are the plans going forward? It's massive because at the end of the day, um, from the football side of it, I mean, myself, I've now, myself and Stu Mitch have been involved sort of now for sort of four and a half years. We've managed to get Sean Bryan, Jerry Oldham, Mark Lockwood involved, who have all worked at Southern League level. And our footballing aim and our footballing ambition over the next sort of few years is to push on. We want to be a Southern League club, and, and I know that's sort of you know I might think that's a sort of a, a lofty ambition, but it's something that's really sort of driving us on. And to support that off the pitch, um, Graham Roberts has been working tirelessly now for probably sort of three or four years on. Um, getting a clubhouse built on on the ground, um, and we are now in a you know a really good position with that. Um, with, though he's working with the local, um, the big local trust, um, who are a charity based around the area, um, and we've had provisional drawings done. Um, the We've got plan writers, we've got architects involved. So there's, you know, that's quite a way down the road. The local council are now really on board with it by the sounds of it. And, and I've actually appointed a project manager and a team sort of to help support this. So, 
Um, I mean, the funding in place is sort of hundreds of thousands of pounds. So it's um, it's really exciting times. And like you say, and, and that's credit to, you know, especially people like Graham, who, who sort of, like you say, doesn't stand still. He's always looking to push us on. Um, he, he's brought him to what we sort of want to do on the football side of it. So, you know, things like this go hand in hand. Obviously, he's not just doing it to look after the first team. He's looking at it to, to, to grow the club. And, and the youth team, uh, the youth team and the development side, again, go hand in hand with this. This is all part of sort of moving forward in the bigger picture and you know for us um on the football side of it it's it's a great selling point now it's a great selling point when we speak to players because obviously we've got to sort of use our imaginations a little bit we we, 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 we don't pay and and you know we're in the same boat as quite a few clubs around this area you know you've got a you've got to offer something a little bit different and with facilities like that being put in place and we've managed to obviously now sort of get the development and the trade teams going and we've managed to appoint a sports therapist for next season so you know we're sort of trying to put things in place which which make the club a, an attraction for players and, and you know hopefully moving forward we'll see the benefit of that short term by attracting sort of players to play in the first team but long term Attracting younger players that have you know will come through the youth team, through the development side, and into the first team. So, yeah, like you say, we, it's a club that doesn't. Look, we're not looking to stand still. We're always looking to progress. And like I say, you know, massive credit and and you know, hats off to someone like Graham who's sort of really driving that behind the scenes. And we're just trying to do our bit on the pitch and you know, put a competitive side out and, and try and move forward as best we can. Well, it's exciting times, obviously, for for the club and and. You know, myself and Kelsey, we can't wait to, you know, see how how the club blossom over the next couple of years. Obviously, with the the introduction to new sides. Um, you know, what are you, what are your plans today, then, mate? Um, we've got a, a little. Um, we're going to have a conversation. I believe lunchtime um, about. Um, someone who's interested in running the 18 so actually sort of, sort of will be involved in the football side of it a little bit today but also got a bit of work to do for myself like I say got with the new business got to try and stay on top of that and, um, so I've got a bit, bit of a mixed day um, and if I get a chance I'll dare so I'll sit down and try and take in some of the football later on <laughs> Well Ryan thank you very much mate for joining us and uh, yeah exciting times ahead for, for Chatham Saracens and we can't wait to see what happens Brilliant. Thanks a lot for your time. Cheers, mate. Take it easy. Thanks. For the best sports coverage in the West, visit sevensport.co.uk. Uh, we're back on Seven Sport with the final uh, 10, 15 minutes or so of Buddies for Breakfast. And delighted to say that on the phone, we have Tips to the Veteran, the Sweet Prince, Damon Hyatt, and making his first appearance in the Tips to League, it's Money Man Ash. My little brother Ashley. How are you, boys? You're right. I'll, I'll let, I'll let uh, Ash go first, considering he's new. Go ahead, mate. I was going to say, I was going to let you go first. Hello. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, right. Let's get, let's get to it. Like, Obviously, we know Damon's, uh, you know, flex when it comes to the tips to the league and, and his record. But straight away, we're going to come to you, Ash. I asked you for your Gold Cup, Gold Cup anti-post tip. And you've said, uh, I, I want you to not let me down here. Have you looked at what have you think? What do you think? What have you looked at? I mean... So, I, I mean, I've been doing a lot of research on this, um, and I didn't do it about 10 minutes ago. So, I've got three horses in mind, boys. Three right. horses of varying, uh, of, of varying rates, but my main man has to be 
Lost in translation. Oh, uh, he's backed it before. Uh, I, I, I actually, like, you knew he would be as well, yeah. What do you reckon how, to that how? game in Lost in Translation? Silence, mate. Yeah, silence just speaks volumes there, actually. I think. Well, so you have backed Lost in Translation before, and you're a man who, um, you know, backs horses based on name and colour uh, of their uh, attire. You know, why are you sticking with Lost in Translation when he's let you down a couple of times? Um, so pretty much, um, I came across the name and thought, wow, that sounds really nice, and completely forgot that I have backed this horse a few times before. <laughs> so, it looked familiar to me, and now you've reminded me as to why it does. It literally, so it's a I, I, I literally ran like two weeks ago. Oh, wow. And, and you, okay, had it, well. you, you had it two weeks ago. Oh, uh, I, 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 you know, it should, it should do well. But that's not the only horse, I, that's not the only horse I've written down. That's that's the only horse I've written Who else you got? So, if Lost in Translation doesn't do well, um, you know, I think it would be very vindicating... If Vindication won. Vindication, who is also registered for the Staters on the Thursday and is probably likely to go in the Staters over the Gold Cup, but you haven't you never know. It could change in the I'm on Vindication, Ash, don't worry. Kelsey's back Vindication, mate, so you know, there's that pressure that you could get let down because Kelsey's also on he's, he's my outsider. My outsider. Kelsey He probably won't go in the Gold Cup. Kelsey, Kelsey who famously put fifty pounds on a horse and lost. <laughs> More money than I've spent on a horse. Most money I've spent was 25 quid. A lot of money. Yeah. Who's the third one, Ash? Who's the third one you're looking at? The, th- the third one is just something really simplistic, nice snappy little name. Kenboy. Oh, I'm on... Why? why? I'm on... I've got an anti-post bet on Kenboy. Oh, Why are you well. jinxing me like this, Ash? Bringing your, <laughs> bringing your lost in translation bad luck to us. It's the rub of the green, my friend. Rub of the green. So obviously, Ash, you know, you're, you're called Money Man Ash. Yep. Explain to everybody why you're called Money Man Ash. Um, I got lucky on one bet and thought, <laughs> you know what? It'd be funny if I called myself Money Man Ash and portrayed the persona of someone who makes bank from these races. Um, it's hit and miss. I'm a 50-50 kind of guy, but you take that in betting sometimes. You can't win all the time. Damon, would you agree with that? You can't, you can't win all the time? Uh, I- yeah, I, I would agree with that. You can't win all the time. However, obviously, for people that don't know, we've got a Facebook Messenger group that Ashley's recently joined between myself, you and Kelsey. And um, it wouldn't appear that Ashley does lose, actually, to be honest with you. But I don't know whether he's just hiding his losers and only showing <laughs> us his winners. But he, he does all right. Yeah, I will say that. I mean, obviously, listening to him you know, about his preparation for the, his Gold Cup selections and what he's chosen... I'm not so concerned anymore that he'll probably do much more winning, but I, I was beginning, beginning to become a little bit concerned. What would you give Ashley in terms of you know tips and guidance for the tips of the league? What do you think he should be doing? What's his mindset going into it? Like help him out here. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, after the first day, it becomes a little bit more of a tactical thing. Um, you know, you, you can see who's out in front. You know, he's going to have an idea probably of what what maybe you and Kelsey go for, maybe what even I would will choose or maybe what the most likely selections will be from the other people in the league based on you know who follows the favourite, these sorts of things. Um, but you, you want to look at how you gain points and what the most, what's the, what's the best likelihood of you gaining a steady amount of points, basically, I would say. Um, I don't necessarily know the rules are going to be exactly the same as they've been the past pretty year, so I don't have much. maybe some... Hey? Pretty much the same. 
yeah, so essentially, you, you each wage selection, you would probably want that to be the strongest selection, um, to be honest with you, because at least if you think that, all right, that doesn't win, it's probably got a good chance of getting placed, then, you know, you, you're going to secure yourself a point more, more, point more than likely. Whereas you're, you don't want to really pick a, a big price selection for your each way because it's got a bit of a better chance of not making the frame. However, obviously, if it does go well and it wins, then you're laughing anyway and you've, you've got your win on there. Um, so I, I, that's my that's my friendly piece of advice for uh, for your brother. I was going to come on here and you know be be a bit less friendly, but um, I, I think he needs all the help he can get. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> and Ashley, out of me, Damon, and Kelsey, if you could pick one of us that you want to beat the most, who would it be, and why is it Kelsey? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, I- I'd love to beat all three of you. Um, <laughs> that wasn't the question I asked, Ash. You have to stick to the question. You have to name one of us. Uh, well, I mean, I- I mean, I've beaten you in many things in life, Ryan, so oh. I don't need to beat you again. <laughs> this is not how I... Unreal, mate. Going. Unreal. Um, you, have oh, me in that. you have not beaten me in loads of things. What are you even talking about? I mean, between Chelsea or Damon, oh. You haven't even addressed the point I've just said there. You have not beaten me in a lot of things in life. What are you talking about? I mean, it's neither here nor there, to be honest with you. <laughs> you're coming on my radio I'm... show lying. That's what you're doing. I, I, I definitely remember things differently to you, Ben, from the sounds of it, but hey-ho. Oh, mate. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I'm showing no mercy here this week. I'm, I'm up for it now. You're having it. <laughs> Bear in mind, Ash, actually, bear in mind, Ash, we, we've, we've discussed that you don't really get up too early. Your selections yeah. have to be with me by nine o'clock, mate. You know, I know you're a working man still, but don't do a Kelsey because there's going to be, you know, Kelsey, usually I give everyone one free time of being late. But other than that, it's an editor's choice and a hundred to one shots are getting picked. So <laughs> if you start doing that, mate, I'm going to be quick. I'm going to be quick to, to, you know, bringing that out on you. I'm not taking it easy yeah. on you, Ash. To be fair, it's a bit naive of you, actually, not to book the week off. I mean, we roll with we roll with the punches here, guys. <laughs> I, I like I like my chances. I'm, 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 a, I'm working a at home anyway. Man. He's working at home anyway. You can have the telly on uh, watching I, it. So I, I, I start work at nine. So I mean, there is really no excuse on my behalf. Exactly. I mean, you get some eager people like Damon who are so clued up on what he's going to do. I get his selections the night before. Just throwing that out there. Usually. Why, why am I not surprised by that? Yeah. Usually. What well, you've got to remember here, I'm juggling a household, so sometimes I'll get them there maybe in the morning the next day. But, uh, yeah, usually before, you know, got to make sure that Ryan's prepared so he can it's do it. very, his, his, very his rare I have to remind Damon to send them to me. I remember um, being at work once, and uh, I was on my break, and I just spotted in the chat... Ryan was giving Kelsey stick because Kelsey had just basically not done anything until half nine. And he said, you're going to get the editor's picks. And Kelsey started, basically, uh, what, what I could only describe as crying, but on Facebook <laughs> Messenger, about, about how it was un- he was being unfairly treated because he had work to do whilst we, we were sat at work. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't remember those excuses, to be fair. I, mean, I, I, I remember that time because the day before... Kelsey picked absolute trash horses, scored no points, and I did an editor's pick and picked them two winners. So, you know, sometimes it goes for you <laughs> to have a, a superior picker. You know, just having that, that you know, casting eye over the horses. But yeah, me and Kelsey tend to pick sort of similar horses anyway, so... Yeah, you do, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. And Ash, 
obviously, I'm going to test your knowledge a little bit here. You've had a look at the Gold Cup race. Are there any other horses you're looking forward to seeing over the Cheltenham Festival? This is testing your knowledge of horses. Any um, horse in particular? I mean, the one that sticks out in my mind is um, the, the, the the brown one. <laughs> the brown one. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're you learning you, a lot to the inside. Put, put me on the spot here. I mean, look. Let's be realistic here. I'm in the tips of the league because of Money Man Ash. Um, my knowledge of horses is limited, but my money making is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what is that? We ain't, we ain't here for the for the for the the big the big plays. We're, we're here to make big money. So Damon will be delighted to hear that Ashley's picture for the tips of the league is a picture of him wearing a suit. And Ashley said to me, Ooh. it's because it makes me look like I have money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah, you carry the persona well, Ash. It just, we just need to see you deliver. Um, we're trying to make money for the Seven Sport listeners, you've got to remember. This is, this is why we're making, um, putting in the time to make suggestions of what might win. Um, rather than just going, oh, you know, the, that horse that's going to turn up at the festival in that race, it's not really going to do much for the listeners, is Ash? No, I mean, that is very, very true. Very, very true. I'd like to think that, I'd like to think that the listeners um, He's getting in here, would go for, they'll go for the experienced uh, people and that I'm here for comic relief. But if you fancy following me with your, with your bets, I give you a 60% guarantee. But... You said that on a recorded programme that will be up again for Listen Again in about an hour. You're guaranteeing <laughs> Seven Sport listeners a 60% like win ratio on your bets over the course of that week I can't I, I look 60% I can't back myself with 100, back myself with 100. <laughs> right. however when, there's a lot of experienced people in this tips the lead I'm going to be trying my best do you, Ash, do you know what I'm, I'm hearing no self belief yeah, at all Kelsey's calling you out here mate Ash I've got to be honest you clearly are a man who hasn't followed the tips the lead before because if I told you that over the course of last year you pick what free it's free races a day. So what's that? That's twelve and including the gold cup. That's thirteen races you're picking winners in. So that's yes. thirteen possible winners that you could be selecting over the course of a week. I think the highest yes. we've ever seen anyone pick in winners is seven, and that's very rare. Last year, the two top top uh, top two picked five and four winners over yes. the course of a week. And you're coming on this show. Saying he's going to set records. Oh, saying that you're going to get a 60%. You, 60%. Too high. Of course it's too, too high. high. Of course it is. Okay, take, hey, a, take a zero off. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope you're... Ryan, I hope your mum's listening to this. Because she, she, she needs to have a word, I think. She needs to be adding a zero to the rent that he's paying. <laughs> no. <laughs> that needs to be happening. <laughs> but in all serious you know this year I'm going to reveal it now because Kelsey doesn't even know this we obviously have the meet the competitors post that will go up on the Monday which obviously I'll be in touch with every of the every one of the participants over the next week or so for the first time your anti-post tip that I always ask everybody of if that wins you get three points you get a win so it's an additional bonus win so you know Think smart, Ash, because you know your anti-post tip can come in any race. So you need to start okay. scouring and start having a look, and you can go from there. All right. 
Yes, will do. Well, there we go, lads. We're just about out of time for you. But thank you very much for both of you for, for joining us. And um, lastly, we'll give you both sort of uh, a final couple of seconds to, to say why you're going to do well in the tips today. And I think we, one place to start is with Ashley. Um, what can we expect from you in the tips today, Ash? Uh, you can expect uh, the most outside of outside bets. You can expect the underdog coming out on top and uh, hashtag Weeby Damon. Can I just? Yeah. I just want to add something here. I'm going to say this now. If Ash wins the Tipster League, I will not compete in a Tipster League ever again. <laughs> and uh, hold me to that, genuinely. If well, he... <laughs> uh, Damon, hashtag we be Damon. I don't know if it's going to go trending or not, but you know, what's your uh, your final uh, thoughts after you know that chat and ahead of the Tipster League, mate? Well, I think I think by now the listeners have got used to me. You know, the, the Sweet Prince is, is adored by the Seven Sport audience for my ability to to make them some cash and have a bit of a laugh as well. Um, but ultimately, it's just going to be the experience. You know, I, I got more I got more seasoning than a Nando's chicken, so I'm, I'm pretty well experienced in this game. <laughs> Had to drop that in there. So yeah, I, I mean, ultimately on the day we're obviously just going to see what races Ryan picks. I mean, over the last few years he's picked races whereby. There can be a bit of drama. There can be some big prices. You know, there can be the odd uh, short favourite that people punt for and try and get it beat and that sort of thing. So that that's my game, really. To be I'm glad you. you said that because you've got to remember now as well. This year, ITV is showing that extra race. So for the first yes. time, we're going to see a few four fifties at Cheltenham. So you know that makes it a bit more difficult. Yeah. No. Exactly. So yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, you just got to. You know, you know how to play the point system. Ash is going to be be a bit new to it. I think there are a couple of other new new entrants as well this year, so they're going to get used to it. That sort of thing. I mean, they might just they might just be able to pick winners at the end of the day, so that might that might do enough. But when you can't always guarantee you're going to pick a winner, so you, you do have to play some sort of a tactical approach or some sort of safe approach to secure yourself a point, and, and you know, generally avoid fallers, Kelsey, or anything that falls up. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? Beautiful. I, 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 I was going to say something, something nice about Damon then, but after that little backhander at the end, no, nah, not, not, no, not having it, mate. Not having it. <laughs> well, cheers for you uh, both coming on, and uh, much appreciate. Yeah. And let the games begin, lads. Yeah. Thank you very much for having See you in a bit. Right, cheers, guys. Fighting talk, mate. Lots of fighting talk Incredible. this morning. I mean, Ashley's turned up there with some outrageous statements. Sixty percent. 60%. That's seven or eight winners he's picking out of 13 mm, races. No, not happening, mate. <laughs> it's not happening at all. <laughs> I wish I, I would dream of getting a 60% turnover. I think <laughs> all of us would. If you did a 60% turnover, you win the top, you win the tips league probably. Mate, I mean, if on my auntie post lucky 15, if I get a 60% win rate on that, I'd be absolutely yeah. delighted. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but tips of the league for the Cheltenham Festival. We'll be looking ahead to it again next week. Um, when we should have Jordan Cooper on the phone and probably looking again, uh, Colin um, Colin Gay and uh, Joel White probably that would be a good uh, good fireworks ender. It's like you know in the WWE when you have like the Raw before the pay per view and it ends with the two heavyweights scrapping <laughs> and the whole locker room has to come out and em- and sort of separate them. That's what it's going to be like. That is what the tips the league does to people. Brings out the fighting spirit. And that's the perfect way to end it. England have just lost another wicket as well. 
cricket is still going on. No, England have now gone 70 consecutive partnerships without a 50. Which is incredible. There you go. But today we're going to be at Gloucester City versus Oxford City in the uh, training match, training friendly that they've got at Meadow Park today. It looks like it's going to be a bit of a windy and chilly one. So we'll be there just to, to watch that and, and obviously do a couple of interviews as well. Check back on 7sport.co.uk throughout the, the rest of the week for more updates as we learn more about what each league is going to do um, in the coming months once restrictions allow us to. Um, and then, yeah, looking ahead more to the tips of the league. Uh, this has been Buddy for Breakfast and thank you very much for listening. For the best sports coverage in the West, visit 7sport.co.uk.